0: Baby, I know like jammer. When it kicks, you ain't seeing no punches.
1: Can I fill up this MC hammer? If you ain't got gloves, can't touch this. Get a pack. How you stole ain't sold that?
2: and I tell of all them fans. I got push that's flat like cold. That he for a Z and got 22 Gs. Yeah, I get girl anywhere that we go, and the painting stop me for pics. And if you wanna come to my hotel, tell them I'm dead till six. In the morning, I don't wanna be an MCM M, but wait show for it back like Thursday. Blood all over his shirt, Say trying to leave a pig on boy in the worst way. Bando called that office.
1: I put on my shoes, don't let shots ring. Shot you all half my size, brought that pin, it'll let off spring. Had yeah. light like, like Charlie, flooded the ends, and we got other spots. Country. And I got Bob like Marley, my
2: cats don't sing, but they all have a rock. Any, any time they've come to the ends, we react fast like
1: Denny and Ren's. Real quick, told bro I need that drum, he said just go there where I parked it. And his teeth can't miss the jam, if I aim I'll hit that target.
3: Welcome back to another episode of Black Notes podcast. Um... I can't lie. Personally, for me, um, I'm gassed about this episode. Um uh, I know my brother will be gassed about this episode. Um sorry, my bad. Uh, obviously top is here with me again. <laughs> See,
4: like, <laughs> my guy's forgotten that I'm in the building.
3: I can't lie, yeah. Um, personally, personally, if you know me, um, yeah, if you know me, uh growing up in growing up in East London, um, I've been a... uh, uh a firm, a firm fan of the of the grime scene, of the early grime scene. Still um kind of drifted to like the whole drill scene. Um but especially coming from um coming from East London and especially if you listen to episode two, then you will know my love for the scene. But um yeah, this is a really this is a really, really big episode, personally for me, I'm sure for you top air. But um we have a special guest with us today. Um yes, we sir. have the the UK the UK legend. The mm-hmm. grime, a grime scene legend. We have Maniac, the producer, with us today. Yo, yo,
5: Sir. yo,
4: yo. How you? How you feeling?
2: I'm feeling alright. still not too bad.
4: But, um, look, at way, yeah. look at the way you've got. Look at the way you got Steve <laughs> smiling. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen. It. I don't think I've it. ever seen this guy smile like this. Now because
3: it's grime. No, no, no It's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. I quite like. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big, 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 big fan. No. Um personally for me, I don't know why I've, I've never been, I've never been a rapper. I've never even like attempted to rap, but like from a young age, I've always kind of listened to like the Maniacs, the Dot Rottens, like producer-wise, the Skeptors, <laughs> uh, Fluke, Silencer, and um, yeah, I just feel like, just listening to beats has kind of allowed me personally as a as a, as a young creative to kind of excel in, in like the whole like career, um, not career, creative development. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I'm, Without being like a musician, it's kind of influenced me in so many ways. So, having this episode here today, um, yeah, personally, I can't lie, um, one for the history books personally for me, mm. it will be on my CV, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, to 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 um, introduce the show, like I said, um, I've got a topper with me today, uh, we've got the producer Maniac with us. Um, we'll be going through, um, I guess going through his career and kind of going through I'm trying to understand like he's current view and his current stance on the on the uk scene not just the gram scene the uk scene as a um as a as an um as a whole um mm-hmm. so personally for me um the best place to start is obviously the beginning um when topper sent this to me saying that i we actually managed to get maniac i was i was personally guessed um so then i started i started going through like um like obviously like your first few like your first, yeah your first few like main main beats personally to me that like your first main beats and then I kind of realized that you started off when you were when you were 16 mm-hmm. and for me um yeah for me understanding that was a bit was a bit of a, of a of a mind of a mind I was mind blown um because I felt like at, at that age and at that current era um everybody wanted to rap Everybody wanted to be an MC. Everyone wanted.
4: Every, to. Everyone had a sixteen. Everyone had a. Well no Everyone
3: had bars on their. Everyone had bars on their phone for sure. You have you have beats and then you have bars. Mm-hmm. But then, um. So I guess I guess like my first my first um the first thing that I want to understand from your point of view like what made you to start well made yeah, what made you start producing instead of like going down the hole? maybe you did maybe you, you tried to rap but um, yeah instead of going down the rap
2: route there yeah. same thing um. But well, the main thing is, when I was, like, 12, nah, nah, before that, so my mom got me, like, a keyboard for one of my birthdays or something. It must have been, I must have been, like, eight or something. Mm. And that really, because she got me that because I think she, she noticed how much, like, I was, like, liking music and analysing it and that. So she thought, oh, yeah, let me get me a keyboard. Got me a keyboard and then I started messing about on it and then I noticed I could, like learn stuff kind of quick on there like replaying because I just used to copy different things so like EastEnders and things like that like you just teach yourself how to play that quick and I used to do stuff like that. So then um my older brother um brought me to his friend's studio and like helped me. I would basically watched him make a beat and then I made a beat myself. That's when I was 12. Um, and then I took it back home, and then I was like, um, I'm feeling more like I want to go down this lane. But I didn't really know yet, but I felt more like that. And then as I was getting deeper into school and that, probably like 14, I, like everyone else at the time, like I was spitting in the playground and that. Like, not, I wasn't good. I didn't have bars. I didn't have a desire to be an MC. <laughs> maybe, but I was doing it like just like everyone else, but it's not really my character. My character is more like I'm laid back reserved in the background. I like being in the background sort of thing. I don't like being at the front or like, I I don't have the personality to to, to enjoy doing that. So I just like, nah, I don't wanna do this. And then I just went back to like, well not went back because I was always learning how to make beats even during that. But that was over a few months and then I started and then I got FL Studio and then I just started like messing about on there. Um, again, this is like before tutorials and all that. So there wasn't, you couldn't just go on YouTube and then watch someone. <laughs> you had to like literally click around, click everything and figure out what it did. And then that's how I basically learned how to like produce.
4: So in, okay. in terms of like your catalog, uh, obviously Steve said Bolt E3 was, um, you produced it at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, what? How many beats had you produced before that, before you got to Bolt E3? Um, I probably produced
2: about, uh, I probably produced about 300. Okay, I thought you were about to say three. <laughs> I probably produced about 300 beats, but none of them, none of them had done anything. like I'd probably given about 80 beats to God's gift. He didn't vote for any of them, but he kept giving me encouragement. He was like, yeah, yeah, these are good, but it probably was whack. But he was like, yeah, these are good. He probably had about 80. Mm-hmm. And then I just had, like, another 200 or so that I just, like, left on my computer. But that's all, like, part of the practice that I was going through. Yeah. So some of them were all right. Some of them, most of them would, would have been dead, probably, because I was just getting better over time. And then eventually... Um, it got to the Bowie 3 beat, but that came like, yeah, that was probably that could have been like the 289th beat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but for me, already yeah. like you're 16, so I guess by 16 you you'd, you'd already made like 300 beats. Yeah, yeah, easily, easily. Yeah, that's that's mad. Like that's mad. It
2: had to have been like that though. It had to have been like that, otherwise I wouldn't have got to that stage that quick. Yeah, man, yeah, but I, I spent me, so many hours doing it.
3: Yeah. For me, like to to have that mindset already at, at sixteen, like what year are you? Sixteen? I see a... Uh, I I was year eleven. Year eleven. Eleven. Yeah yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, eleven. Yeah, yeah. personal
3: for me to have yeah, to have that mindset to have three hundred beats to yeah, your catalog, whether they're good or not, by sixteen that's that's mad on its own. That's yeah. real mad on its own.
4: Yeah, mum bought you keyboard when you were twelve. So yeah, is it a case where you you know how to play the keyboard by ear, or oh, is it more so? Yeah, you just know what sounds nice and what Kind of goes together.
2: Yeah. No, I can't. I can't play the keyboard. Um I can play the keyboard if I've got it. If I'm if I'm with a keyboard for a long enough period of time, then I'll remember what to do. Like my fingers will sort of go where it makes sense. But mm-hmm. again, because I ain't been taught, it's been it's like mad unorthodox. So there's I'm I'm probably doing a lot of things wrong when I'm doing that. But I don't really go near keyboards. All of the beats that I've made. They wasn't made using the keyboard. They were just like I draw in the notes on the computer, okay. like in a mouse sort of thing. So I don't really um, use keyboards in that.
4: Okay. Okay.
3: So then, what goes what goes into like when you're when you're making a beat, when you come up with a beat, like what's your what's your thought process? Because I feel like your um, for like a number of years, uh, most of your beat choices were like. Um, they're like an, an an aggressive, like an like a dark a dark sound to it, and then compared to like now your beats, they're a bit more, um, yeah. They just come with like comes with like a different a different vibe, a different feel to it.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Still, see at the time because I was making gram, majority of the beats were like dark in nature or darker, so you kind of like end up leaning towards that, and it's your experiences as well that play a big part. So I was listening to. That. Like all different types of rap and that, like Dr. Mm. Grey, Timberland, et cetera, et cetera. And then I also used to listen to, like, Garage, like when he was in his main point, like 99 kind of times and that. that. And then obviously Grime came, so then listening to that, like Nasty Crew, Take take Them Out. like. So all these things I'm listening to, it it was just shaping my taste probably. And then, um, if you compare it to like now, my taste is probably a little bit more well rounded. Mm-hmm. So that might explain like why it's a bit different now. You wouldn't really, I don't, before you could tell like there was that kind of bait things that I would do to like it would be more, it would be more clear that it's me. But yeah. now, probably less clear whether I made something or not.
4: Yeah. Cause I think I was going through like your production. So yeah, I was going through like the early stuff. So yeah, going back to like the grime days and then kind of like coming into more recent days and I, I heard hold me down and I was like, wow, this is a curveball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how, me I was thinking, how did he know how to do this genre? Well, if that makes sense, because generally like if you're, if you produce grime or you, you produce drill, you just stay in that kind of pocket. But Hold Me Down just kind of seemed like a, a left field, but it was still like very well produced. Yeah,
2: no, thank you. Um, there's even that, like, I had to, before I started doing other genres, um, there's some people like even involved in gram like, um, for example, like Logan Sama, who's my friend, that's my guy. But I even had to convince him that I'm not just like a grand producer. Like, mm-hmm. I consider myself to be a good musician, like, um, and I can do things. If I practice anything long enough, I feel like I can figure out how I should do it. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to get across to him. But um, I don't mean to single him out, but it's just he's the strongest example in my mind, isn't it? Because he really wants, like, Graham to prosper sort of thing. So where he's looking at me is um, someone that can help Graham be stronger um he would encourage me to make um grand beats whenever possible or make more grind beats this is in recent times or thing, and then yeah i was saying to him i'm more than just that like, i don't want to just do that um and then obviously as time went on he could see that I've, I've made that type of beat that type of beat that type of beat hold me down he's like i've I'd, I'd never made a beat like that well i've made beats like that but they just didn't end up getting used that's the yeah. thing well. with producers, you can make a thousand beats, all different types, but people only know the ones that get used. Mm. So it wasn't even a thing where um of my my production experience was completely limited to making gram. I, even when I was doing Graham before, I still listen to other stuff and dabble in it. It's just that Graham was my main thing. Yeah. That's all. But I consider myself to be like well rounded production wise. Yeah. But it, took, it took a lot of practice. I can't lie; it took a lot of practice to get myself to the level that I thought was of a good standard.
3: Yeah, fair. I, I think coming from a um, coming from a selfish point of view, um, I can understand. I can under, I can kind of understand where where Logan was was coming from. So yeah, personally for me, I felt like um, Grime was for a number of years. Grime was at a certain level, and I was I was more than happy with it. Like the the production that was coming out, like the type of videos, the, the collabs. And then I felt like artists started to kind of experiment a bit and it started, I think that's that like beginning where it started to kind of go left. And then I heard um, the track you produced for for Brotherhood um, with AJ Tracy fighting. It. And then that just kind of made me realise that, um, yeah, it, just, it kind of just kind of made, made me realise that like how much I kind of miss those type of tracks and those type of beats. Mm. And I think even for for AJ himself, like being at the, he, he was really, he was already kind of kind of established, but he was like on his way to kind of being to where he is now. And yeah. hearing that beat and hearing him jump on a jump on a track like that, it just kind of made me realize that like yo, like that's like that's where my heart is. Like, that's where like that's the type of music that I miss and I love so much. But then mm. I guess for like a producer as well, as much as artists want to experiment, you also kind of want to broaden your your horizon as well. So. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure how you how you felt how you feel about like the scene now or where it's going, but I guess um are you still kinda tempted to kinda go back and make those type of beats or are you kinda happy with where you're at now?
2: Just being yeah, like... no I'm happy. Where I feel about the scene now, I think it's way below the level like that it needs to be. Subpar. The grand scene is like subpar in like all respects, in my opinion, isn't it?
4: Like... <laughs> Stephen's cut, boy. <laughs> yeah I, 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 agree. I think i think yeah i think that's facts like you don't really have like people that you can point to that are pioneering the grand thing yeah
2: way no, it is that i talk of i talk about this on the phone to different people some of them are in the grand scene as well sometimes they ring me just to have a, a chat about stuff and they ask me what i think about the scene and why i think it is the way it is and then the only way I can break it down to them is that like, try to well, why I feel the way I feel is because like when I was coming up, I could like easy I could easily see like people around that was like doing mad things like even I can I could do you remember when Logan had a show on Kiss? There could be on a Monday night there could be a day when Skeptors there, Jamie's mm. there. Gets is there. Mm. Bear Man, like, Wiley's there, Kano might be there, like, and that's one set. Like, that's at one time, the same day, like, and now, like, who would you look at? Who would you look at for that, like, all the the greats can't be locked in one era. Like, they can't be locked in one generation. There's some that came after, obviously, there's the next age group down, which is like, the P money, kind of h p money, such a chip, little D, like, yeah. at the next one. But then the further you go, the weaker it gets, which is, like, that's not really how it's meant to go.
3: Yeah, I, I feel like it's, that's just down to... I feel like it's down to, to competition nowadays. Like, I feel like back then, obviously, there was competition. obviously trying to compete with, like, the next MC, but I feel like now it's more... Like, the competition is more... Like, it's more, it's more serious and it's more real and maybe people aren't more... Um, um, open to to collabing with someone from like a from like another area or so or so, and I feel like that's that's part of the um that's part of the that's part of the issue. So like you mentioned, like all those MCs being in the same room. Personally, for me, the last one I can remember is the um, the when Skepta "That's Not Me" remix when they did it on uh, BBC One Extra. One
4: extra.
3: Yeah. one extra, yeah. That's the last time I saw. I personally saw so many big artists, big established artists, in the same room, just going back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even see that with like the, the younger generation these days,
5: unless um, mm-hmm.
3: you go to like more more pirate radios. But um, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's 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 part of the issue, and then I'd like to see a change, but I can't I can't see it going back. I feel like they
4: nah, all want it, to
2: keep. It, it, it starts just... with the youth. It starts with the younger. Yeah, people. yeah. All right, so if you ain't got them, then you ain't got nothing. Like when when I was a teenager, the people that was in my age group was like Chipmunk, Criminal, and that like, Ice Kid. Like you can't even really you can't name anyone that's a teenager and you can't name them three. Like you can say people like Easy are doing their thing, he's doing well, like himself. But like other than that, like it's such a big challenge to name people. Like yeah. was doing he was on mad smoke at like 17. seventeen. I'm not saying everyone has to be on smoke at sixteen, but there should be some people that are like under twenty-three or something. Like, surely because in drill, there yeah. are.
4: I was gonna say, do you think that that's because, like, yeah, a lot of the younger lot are now on drill? So, if you look at like mixtape madness, um, mm-hmm. and all of like the freestyles that they put out, you see like a lot of young people just riding over any kind of drill beat. But the grime, the grime sound almost now is like it's kind of dated. I think H sure. might have made a comment about that. A couple no, of I, think course, it's I, think.
2: I think it's accurate, like, I swear that's that's facts because, um. Everything has its time, like, and everything will age eventually. Like, mm. garage, it, the same thing happened. Like, it fades into the past and sticks with the generation that grew up with it. Yeah. Like, jungle, like, I didn't grow up with jungle. Siblings grew up with jungle. So they're the ones that it's living through. It's not end for anyone else. At a certain point, people are just going to be, like, they'll just discard it. Mm. Like, I don't want to say grime will get discarded, but to a certain extent it's already happened because obviously the proof's in the pudding
4: sort of thing. Yeah, I think, I think more so now it's a thing of like nostalgia. So like yeah. when you hear like a Kano, a Getz and a DEE on one track, like you you remember how you felt back in the day and they kind of bring that to life, like now in 2020 or 2019, whenever that was released. But it's rare, even like Getz with his albums, I, I don't know if I just purely call them grime albums. Cause yeah, the guy is just so the guy's just so versatile, um, but mm. there's no denying that he's heavily Graham influenced. Like he can rap if he wants to. I feel like he yeah, gets can jump on drill if he wants to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah I
2: think I, I, the thing about the um, the no gets and the double thing. You see when them link ups happen,
4: mm.
2: I half I half find it jarring, you know, because I wanted it then. Oh. I wanted it then, like. I don't... It it's, it don't feel the same in 2019, because like, that's when it came out, and not Like It don't feel yeah, yeah. The then, like, if it was when... It was actually when you needed it. Like, there was a time I needed it, and I didn't get it.
4: So you don't think that when you hear it, like, you just... It's reminiscent of maybe, like, the old nine days when guys used to just jump on pirate radio sets?
2: I don't feel like it, because it's just, like... It's just f- thirteen years later or something like that. <laughs> You're cutting Steven. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's, everyone's like you if you, you can't you can't go back like thirteen years. If if it's like if you heard that chipmunk Griminal and Ice Kid on a song now, you can't expect it to have the same impact or feeling as it would have if they did it in two thousand
4: and eight. I heard it. I, heard it. I guess it we'll will have seasons, like it will have the same impact with people of that generation, I guess. So like people like me who grew up with grime, it has that impact. But I I assume if I spoke to someone of the younger generation, it doesn't impact them the same way it does me. Who Uh, I don't even think
2: it'll be a guarantee that it will impact the people that grew up with it as much evolve. Because if you're assuming that they're doing it in 2020 with their 2020 selves, Mm. what they're going to bring is that now.
3: Like how they are now, rather than how you knew them before. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I get you know, is it? I get, I get what you're saying because, um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying because for years, like, so when a, a prime example is um, when um, PTJ Project, Hand in the Air mm-hmm. came out, that was my song for years, for years. And then I, I used to say to myself, I'd love like, and maybe maybe some sort of part two or I don't know, some sort of remix, some sort of remix to that. And then last year, I think it was last year or 18. Yeah. I think it was last year actually. Um, they released like um they they, they re-released it obviously with like uh, three different other MCs and it did it it didn't have the same feel to it. Like it was <laughs> like when when the trailer came out, I was like honestly I was up there and then I heard a song and it yeah, it, it did it, it did it, it did it slap for me. It did not hit for me. And I felt like I guess like you said, it was maybe, maybe done, done a bit too a bit too late. But, um, yeah, which is a thing. Like,
2: if things coming late is definitely a thing. Like, who wants? Do you really want to hear Wiley and Dizzy on a song now? I don't. I don't want to hear When's Wiley and Dizzy on a song now. Uh, I wanted to hear it then. I don't want to hear it now. There's no point. They might as well just carry on doing what they're what they're doing. Do what they're and doing. Embark on new things rather than trying to like swing it back to like 2003. Okay,
3: fair enough. But then, how do you feel? How do you feel um, about the direction that? not just grime. how do you feel about the direction that the UK um, scene is moving in?
2: Good. I think it's naturally, I think it was always going like, to um, get bigger anyway. If you compare like um, the the charts even to how it was back in the day, like, it's just nuts. Like mm-hmm. in terms of the scene and the culture, the culture's got like much more of a foothold in that space than it did before. It didn't have a, we were, we were more guests, in the charts and compared to now, like we're sort of expected to be in there. There's artists if they release and then it doesn't chart higher, they're disappointed when it that wasn't like that before. People were shocked to chart sort of thing
3: That's true. I feel like um social media has had um a big part to play. Because you can you could come out you can release a song and come out and do your own your own campaign and yeah. get thousands of retweets, go viral, and then your song ends up in the charts. Whereas back then I guess you kind of relied on like the labels to get certain adverts in certain places or to get, to be promoted or have your name like, mentioned in certain circles. But I feel like now social media has that big impact. So places like Apple music and Spotify and YouTube, they know, yeah, they know what's, what's slapping in the streets and then they could just kind of pick you up and run forward with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah how, how do you feel about like the use of social media as a, as a producer?
2: Um, well, how I use it, is just to, like, reflect myself, really. So if I've got an opinion, I'm the type of person to, like, just, like, say it. But people regard me as, like, reasonably articulate. So I don't... I, if I say something that may some people may consider to be a little bit rude, I hope it's not... When I say it, it doesn't come out as rude. Um, But, yeah, I, I've kind of, like... Accidentally, or on Twitter anyway, people regard me as like someone that is like accurate with their viewpoints of certain things in music that aren't spoken about a lot. And that might be, if that is true, that might be because, like, seeing the industry and how, how it is, like, behind the scenes, I don't really like it, sort of thing. Mm. Because I don't like the way that it's like a game. It's all like... Um, it's like mad clouty sort of thing. Which obviously I wouldn't complain because I know that's just how things have to work. That's how it is. Yeah. But um, when you get involved in the game and you start doing things to try and get ahead, that's what I don't like. Which the industry will kind of suck you into because there's like a lot of smoke and mirrors.
4: Mm. Um, so... What kind of difficulties have you had, like, navigating the music industry?
2: Um, probably things like my own self. I hold my own self back, um, because I've got, like, issues within myself, like, pride, for example. Like, um, my pride can, like, be borderline toxic. I like to be, like, respected, and I like dynamics to be, like, correct sort of thing. So, sometimes I find like artists because there's like a sort of dynamic between the producer and the artist like the producers here and the artists are there there's a lot of artists that through no fault of their own that's just the way that that, that it's patterned already that they look down on you just because they're an artist or a bigger artist or whatever they won't see you as an equal sort of thing when two people come um and work together to create a product which is a song but they see it because it's like, a, but I know why, it's a, it's a rap MC led thing. The artist is the star sort of thing. So they subconsciously take that in and look down on you by accident. But I don't like that. Mm. So because of those dynamics, some producers um, are accidentally subordinate to artists.
4: So um, how how do how do you like considering considering like that dynamic that artists generally have with producers? How do you decide what artists you're going to work with? Is it a matter of someone just sending you, yo, um, I want to jump in the studio with you and let's run it, or does there have to be like a established relationship prior?
2: Um, combination. I don't have to know the person that well, but they I, they have to have give me some sort of indication that they're taking music seriously. Um, and that that ain't always gotta be ability wise. They I would expect that they got some sort of ability, but it needs to be with their um their attitude towards like mm-hmm. and releasing and stuff like that. Like it's like if someone if someone hits you on the gram to do work and they've got like thirty followers and zero posts and they say less work, your the, your instinct is gonna be like, hold on, what are you doing Like... You, you not even show me no music, etc. You just like you're coming across entitled, which I get yeah. that a lot. Any producer gets that a lot. Like a lot of requests, like from just a person just chanting sort of thing.
4: Mm. Um,
2: so, but I would say it. What I would look for specifically can vary because um, I wouldn't say it's completely ability, because sometimes some people can be um, can have a lot of ability but they lack in every other area and then that just holds them back forever. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily work with that person. I would work with someone who had less ability but had other attributes. Mm.
4: And how, how does it generally work? Is it like um, they tell you, oh, I want this type of sounding beat and then you kind of go away and work, work on it or is it like um, you're both in the studio at the same time, like just trying to grind out ideas?
2: Mixed Um Probably best as an example, like um, the Dig That song, A-Star 2, that he came to my studio and then, because that was only like the second song that we'd done. Um, Literally, there was, I had in my mind, there would probably be about three beats. I only had about three beats to play for him. I was Mm -hmm. like mad limited at the time. I didn't have any of that type of drill beat to show him. So I was thinking already like this is gonna be a myth, um, but I played the first one and he was like, yeah, 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 this is this is this is the one. So, so I caught life, I got mad lucky. <laughs> so then I was like, raw, alright, cool, loaded it up, and then yeah, got it done. But sometimes it can go that easy. Other times, mm-hmm. I've been in the studio with different artists. I could, I've played them multiple beats in a row nah, nothing, nah, 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 don't like, next, 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 myth. Don't end up with nothing, like. um. But uh, the most normal one is probably either them coming for a session. Yeah. And then you can sometimes make something from scratch or sending like few ideas over. Sometimes the artist doesn't even know what they want. Sometimes they mm. just like, yeah, send me some stuff over. I'll take a listen. And like, you just got to guess for yourself what to send. Mm.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. But how, how do you feel as a producer when, like an artist? Um, like, a, yeah, an artist is coming and just saying, like, no, no, not feeling this. Not feeling this. How, do, how do you? How do you take that?
2: It's it's that feelings dead still.
3: Okay,
2: you you <laughs> i I'm used to,
3: another, to Yeah, but it took time.
2: Over time, I was I got less emotional towards my own music naturally you've got like a weird attachment to things that you make. So once you let go of it, you take it a lot less personally. Now, mm-hmm. I'm more than happy for someone to say nah, especially if they've got good communication, because good communication proper helps with this. Yeah. Like, you play a beat and then they say, nah, like, I don't like beats with strings. Like Then you know, all right, cool, strings, <laughs> like, sending that way over there, that's boxed off. I'm not going to go anywhere near that you go to this type of beat it just helps but obviously where a lot of artists are from the roads sometimes their communication skills are proper limited so then they'll be like oh like i don't know where it is bro like i just no i just i can't like i just something about it i just don't like it and then you don't know where to go you literally it takes yeah. so much time you gotta play a hundred but that's just oh, where yeah. it is. i'm used to it
4: Also uh, like going back to like the business side of things, how do you guys determine the splits almost? So um, yeah, you mentioned artists kind of being up here and looking down on producers. Um, Do you you have like a set thing of, okay, like if I make you a beat, this is my percentage?
2: Um, Yeah, like I've got, yeah, I've got a set set fee um, for artists. Um, And I also got the option for certain artists to do a swap. Um, I wouldn't extend that to every single artist. I'd only extend that to certain artists. If they want to do a swap, then they forfeit the fee.
4: So what would would a swap entail? So
2: I might give them a beat. They Mm -hmm. give me a song that I can do something with. I can release or I can get their verse and pair it with someone else's verse that I've got and make a song from that.
4: So it's almost like a trade-off in one
2: sense. Yeah, literally.
3: And is, wow. is that just down to um, like an artist that that is like a personal, like a personal fave artist that you kind of pick or literally just depending on, on, on who whoever comes in?
2: Combination. There's some people that I may be, I may just genuinely genuinely like more as people. So I might be more open to doing a swap with them because I like them more. But then there's some some situations where even if you're the best artist, if you don't even have um, a, a market that I can directly put your song towards, it's gonna be less likely that I'll take the swap because it's harder to work the song mm. when I, I take it. So for that type of artist, it might be a case of I would rather defeat um, another option are is um just a split so percent inch splits of the song um, there's different ways it it, it kind of depends on just how the negotiations go and what the artist prefers
3: mm. so then um what advice would you give to like an um to like an upcoming producer like how how should they get how should they get set up how should they how should they pattern up their whole their whole business?
2: Um, depends if they're doing leases and things like that or not. There's all sorts of different types of producers. There's a type of producer like, um, I don't know, like Chris Rich or someone who does tight beats on YouTube, but would also do exclusives as well. But then there's a type of producer like J5 or GA or someone who doesn't do type beats and just does exclusives which is the traditional way of production. The lease culture is more new. But
4: Yeah, I, I saw I much. saw you I saw you tweet about that like um a couple of weeks ago. Would you be able to like expand a bit more on like just what um, goes into leasing producers leasing their beats?
2: Yeah. Um so basically the a lease is um a producer makes a beat and mm-hmm. it's almost like you rent the beat out. So an artist can use your beat. Artist A can use your beat for a fee, which will be lower than an exclusive. It might be like £60. Artist A can use the beat. Artist B can also use the beat. There's nothing being broken. No law or code or anything has been broken. That's completely fair for them to do. Um, if it's an exclusive, it's just for that artist who purchased the exclusive rights to that beat. Yeah. Um, and that tweet was inspired by all the people that come to me and um, ask me for beats, but I expect the fee to be the same price as a lease. So that's why I was encouraging um, up and coming artists to basically be smarter like and not try and approach producers for exclusives um, and maybe look at leases first, because if you ain't got a foot in the game, you're gonna to need to save yourself more money, so yeah you're doing a lease you can you are better off doing ten leases until you blow and then get exclusives. Why would you get ten exclusives that are probably gonna cost you ten bags then just be down, and you don't know if any of them's gonna blow you up. We're better off just using the exact same um beat types but just leases
4: is that something like that is um that's what I'm looking for. Do a lot of producers in the scene do that nowadays? So, like, if I if I went, if I was an artist, okay, I know I know Maniac does it, but can I produ- can I approach someone else and say, oh, like, can I lease a beat?
2: No, nah, because there's
4: going to be a selection of producers that don't. I don't do lease um
2: productions. Like right? most of the people that you would consider are industry producers tend not to do um. Um, least beats or tight beats or whatever some do but it's rare like 10% probably do Um, it's mostly young up-and-coming producers that do tight beats and least beats because they've they've come up in a culture where it's the norm whereas some of the um, producers from a time before that wasn't the norm so Mm. well I can't speak for them but in my On my end, I couldn't make, well, let me not say couldn't. At this point in my life, I feel like I can't make a J-Huss and Miss type beat because I feel like I'm shapeshifting into J5 and still banging. which I don't like the idea of that. Like I'm me. I'm maniac sort of thing. That's the way I think. I'm me. How can I shapeshift into J5? That like, I'm meant to be my own kind of thing, sort of thing. Mm. Okay. Um, that's that's my reason for, like, not doing tight beats. Mm.
3: So how, how do you feel about, about producers collabing?
2: Um, I think it's good. I don't. I, I have, I'm not a collaborator. But, again, these are things that I need to, like, work on. I need to get more open with collaborating. Like, I'm the type of person where, because I've been making my own beats for so long, like when people even give me props on something I've done like oh like that melody on that beat that was cold. Like at least I know that I actually did that. Whereas the collaboration thing, it's a bit nuts. You might have just done the drum okay? and you might have added a hi hat people are telling you that melody was hard and you're like, Oh thanks, bro. It's nuts. you even do it. Like yeah. that one's a bit tight still.
3: So what, is there is if you If you were to, or if you had an 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 idea of like, is there any producers out there that you feel are a maniac and so so, uh, collaboration would be would be sweet?
2: Um. Uh. Yeah. Like, there's people that I've even like privately, um, been in studio with and done a couple beats with. Like, there's like five beats I've done. Um, a couple beats with five before. Um. There's gen generally. I need to like feel like I've got some sort of relationship with you or like I know that you're at least cool, like, mm. generally, because there's like a lot of fruity producers out there. Some people do like some funny stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, to be fair, i the board, like you make a beat with someone, next thing you know, they've sold it.
4: Like, it's nuts. And then you don't get your cut, basically. Then you don't get your cut,
3: like. How it. did
4: you how did you learn how did you learn the business side of things? Because obviously, like when you started, um, I don't know whether there was as much of an in- infrastructure. But obviously, now that like there's so many things that you've even mentioned in yeah. terms of leasing beats and splits and percentage. How did you come to learning that side of the industry?
2: I think just trial and error. Man. I clocked that. I clocked kind of quick that it's not really the quality of beat that gets you further. It's more your branding. So, like, it's not just beats that's with anything. Like, it's your branding. It starts with the quality, mm-hmm. but the brand is way more important than the quality. That like, I could make 10 beats and they could all be five out of 10. But if I put a person's tag, let's say someone who's popular right now, there's a lot of popular producers, M1, Ghostly, Bangles, J5. Um, so if if you put any of their tags on, um, on average beat, it increases the value of the beat. Even though the beat hasn't got better, the value of the beat has got better because it's attached to the tag, who, which is the brand of the producer. Because that's yeah. trust, that's been built up over time. The artist listening to it with subconsciously think, even though I don't fully like this beat, this guy must know what he's doing. So you know what? I'm going to give it a chance. But if the, the tag wasn't there, that chance doesn't even come. It's like, not next. And that's why yeah. you have to build your brand up.
4: Yeah, because I, I think I noticed, even going back, listening to the, the early stuff, and this might just be like the culture behind Grime, oftentimes in the early days, it's the artist that shouts out the producer. So if you think yeah. about... Um, Bolt E3, I think Wiley even says shout out Maniac on the production, mm-hmm. I think Chip says it on Mandem um, featuring Trinchy Shredder. but coming now to like your more recent stuff, I'm hearing Maniac, 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 so how important is it do you think to have um, a tag on a beat?
2: I think it's very important because really and truly as a producer, that's the only time you're ever going to get to speak. Like, on that song <laughs> if you if you want to make it known that you made that beat that's your only chance to actually open your mouth up and talk you better put your tag on there still so that <laughs> people can hear that you actually made that otherwise you're just going to be a secret really and truly because like you said them days are gone of the artist saying like oh shout out my man on this beat like that's gone yeah. you literally got to it like yourself put your tag in there um, some people think it's tacky to put a tag in but I'd rather it be tacky and then my brand increase
5: mm. than
2: it be classy, but no one even knows who made it.
3: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I want to talk about like some some personal some personal favorites now. Um, so starting with like the the thirty eight challenge. Um, I know, obviously, um, Wiley's the one that kind of kind of started it, yeah. but um, personally to you. Um, with the Ferry Challenge, who do you feel like, who do you feel went in the hardest or did justice on the beat?
2: Yeah, um, I feel like Crazy Titch for me. I'm not going to say he went the hardest. Mm. He did go very hard. There may have been people that went harder than him, but that was my favourite by far. Because obviously that was someone that I looked at in grime from like a young age. So. And he was gone by the time I'd got to the level of making, I wasn't even making beats properly yet when he was gone. So I didn't ever get a chance to work with him. So that's the closest mm. I've got of him. So that's why it was a good moment for me that he did it. There's nothing that really come close comes close to that in terms of the other um, people that participated.
3: Mm. Mm. So then uh, well, I was going to say first, first a personal favourite for me, um, it was um dot rotten dot rotten's, Doc rotten's mm-hmm. verse um i think i think for me like um yeah my my views on like dot rotten has literally since the beginning of his career it's, like, it's gone it's gone up and down and um i feel like he's he starts he starts in the scene i feel like he's still fairly seen as like an, an underrated musician and so that's that's, that's um rapping and that's um, production wise um part of it, i feel like it um uh, I feel like it. Part of it, I feel like it's down to his, to his personality. But um, I'm like always trying to kind of separate artists. Um, like what they're like on like their social media and and what they're like as a person. I try to separate that with their their actual music. Mm-hmm. Um, so then someone like like Wiley, um, coming from coming from Bow, um, what was what was like what was he like? Um, what, what was his influence like around around that Bo that Bow area and that current era in in music.
2: Wiley's, yeah, it's hard to say because you see, our eras they're so different. Like, Wiley, I wouldn't really see what them times I wouldn't really see Wiley in bowl that much. Um, just about because one, he was like already big, mm. that them times he was big already. Um, two, our age groups were so separate that mm. we would never be with each other ever, like, um. I lived near his younger brother, Cadell. Mm-hmm. So I would see him come um, to like the area um, quite a lot. But other than that, because I had my own age group and my own friends that I was rolling with, I wouldn't ever just see him around other than that. It would literally be studio or to, going to see his brother. Or that's it, I wouldn't even really see him still. But um, his influence in terms of musically was strong for me because obviously anyone from the area, it wasn't just him, like, um, even Ruskwood, they're not from far. But when you see people from your own ends make moves, it gives you more confidence so you can, like, emulate what they've done. It just makes it more realistic. Mm. So when you see them as well, like, Raw, like, you're, you is like on TV, but you're here, like, it's like very powerful sort of thing. I think that help, can help a lot of people.
3: Okay. And do you feel like, um, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, number one, because I guess um, it's probably not the first time you've heard someone call you like a, like a, a UK, a UK music legend. Um, do you feel, do you feel like you are? Nah, I mean, <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah so, so, yeah, that, 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 why, why do you feel that? Um I don't really have a right
2: to really be that. I don't think I can call myself a UK music legend. Like I, I don't feel like I've done enough to um be called a UK music legend. I feel like there was a different periods where I've had a more influence, but there's a lot there's a lot of people that have done like a lot of good things and you, I just feel like you got to look after the word legend, like, to make it still have proper like meaning. Mm. People like chuck it around a lot still. Mm. So I wouldn't
4: even use it. I wouldn't use it on myself. So who who would you put in that category? Or would it, is there anyone that you would put in that category from the UK scene?
2: Yeah, definitely. Because legendary to UK music.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a few. Like Wiley is one of them. Dizzy Rascal is one of them. Stormzy is one of them. Kano is one of them. Skepta is one of them. That's the level, yeah. That needs to be like when you start getting under that, I feel like it's not legendary. It's more like
3: extremely great services. But what about what um, producer wise? Um, production legendary. legends.
2: Um, I've got like personal legends, but I don't know whether I can say that they're UK music legends. Like producer wise. Um, Like, Da Vinci, for me, is someone that um, I grew up listening to. He's one of my greats. Can I say he's a UK music legend? Maybe not. He's my personal legend, but Mm. I can't say that he's a UK music legend because I feel like it takes a lot to be that. So, it's like, I can, when I think of Da Vinci, my mind goes to, like, a certain period of time. Like, 2003 to and six maybe so that era ridiculous but you see if it's not mad consistent all the way through
4: mm. yeah
2: or like you I feel like you ain't done enough for a long enough period of time then I might not call you that because I feel there's there's two options it's either you have like high impact in a short space of time mm. or you can have moderately high impact over a long space of time it's one of the yeah. two yeah. And he's is sort of like quite high for a short period of time, but then not much after. That's mm-hmm. why I, I know I broke it down like mad scientific, but that's my thinking in terms of like. No, life. no, it,
3: it, it makes sense. sense. Well, so if it's not if it's not the word um, the word legend, it at least has to be an, an like icon. So like that's you meant, one of mine, Da
2: Vinci is one of mine. That's yeah. Da Vinci rapid. Yeah, even yeah. like they're people that I looked at and thought. These men are all cold, like, and they're colder. Especially where I was at the time, like, mm. I was I was nowhere near good enough, like. But they showed me a level where I wanted to get to. Mm.
4: Mm.
2: Or oh, they're my legends, personally. My yeah. personal legends. Like.
3: Well, I guess yeah. I guess maybe maybe I, I should have said like UK UK um, music legend. Maybe I should have said maybe like UK UK grime or UK uk rap or 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 whatever but those those um those people you mentioned already like for me personally um i will call i will call them at least uh well 100 their grime uk grime legend because in that whether whether it's short or whether it's i don't know whether they had a consistency that their impact was the impact was it was immense like i haven't seen i haven't seen um obviously we spoke about how, how grime has changed and so on and so, but I haven't seen, um, UK, UK, like another, another, UK, let's say urban, um, producer have that, have that same, have that same impact as, as those people that you mentioned and including yourself. That's why I personally, myself, I remember, I remember like being in that, being in that, that, that area and that era and that time and hearing these beats come out, just thinking how fire they are. And I still, I still played them till, till today. And then, if I'm going back maybe two, three years and I'm trying to think of a think of a beat or think of a certain producer, it's I'm only kind of I can only remember like maybe one or two beats or max, max three. I'm not hearing like the same consistency that from those um producers that, that you just mentioned. So personally for me, um they're in the like UK, UK rap, UK drill, UK gram, wherever, like they're they're legends. And I'm, I'm sure. Um, some of these producers are heavily influenced by by yourself and those people that you mm. mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 just personally how how I feel about that, that that term. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. that's
4: fair. I um, heard that. Um, well, we want to thank you for your time. Uh, you, as as Steve, has been smiling this whole way through. <laughs> you didn't have to do this, and in his eyes, and I'm sure many eyes of like people who have that, who listen to Grime, who grew up on Grime, like. Um, your your productions have been instrumental, and then even now, like just what you're doing in the drill scene. Um, for me, I'm a bit like rah. The, the versatility is a bit mad. Um, to be able to do grime so well, and then come through and do drill so well. Um, yeah. So thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you for indulging us and answering silly questions. It looks like Stephen has a finger one
3: right last, on one it. last, one last. I forgot to ask. Uh, what's your What's your favorite? What's your What's your personal favorite track of your own?
2: Um, really and truly I don't have one because um, I kind of lose um, attachment kind of quick but what I do like is seeing um, the response of people um, like listening to it so if I I might not care about a song right I might be like oh that's done now but then if I see it like get performed or something and the crowd's getting mad it might it'll boost it up so I'll be like oh no you know what like that's something right still. So, uh, that's kind of how it is, like. So I need to, because at the end of the day, I don't make music for me. I make it for like to make other people happy. Really. So then when you see that, that's what makes it make sense. Mm-hmm. So any song that does that, um, that's what I like. But I would say the most recent ones are probably my favorite ones, like A Star Two. Um, uh, this week, I liked. Um, as you mentioned before, Hold Me Down, I like as well, because that's like not my usual type mm. beat. um beat. And from back then, I used to like mainstream money a lot um, as well, that I did with Tinsley um, as a beat in itself. And probably for nostalgic reasons, I'd probably say Bowie Free, so not like <laughs> a selection. <laughs>
4: Matthew, well, Matthew. We're, go- we're we're going to end off um, as usual. We normally like recommend uh, a track um, for epi- every episode. So we're going to end off um, with one of your recommendations that you sent through. Um, this is let me find it. Just Banco, mm-hmm. sweet like four How do you feel about that beat? I like
2: that beat still because it's um it's not the usual type. There's not really anyone making that type of beat. I'm not here anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel Like it's more unique. I think that's why I like it. A lot.
4: Cool. So, this is Sweet Lights like Be uh, by Just Banco and produced by Maniac.
5: Maniac. Kill like Wu Tang. Put it in the nose if you feel bangs. Said he's going slow, give him two grams. And then, then he came back like a boomerang. Sadie and Yuri rang, whip it like Pooty Tang. Cock, car screaming Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Clover from Peru, he Peruvian. Bitch, brand new, she a Nubian. No Wi Fi, put a movie Maybe I could scoop you in. Maybe I could scoop you out. I'm pissed if no food to about. All these funny dudes about. It's crazy what they do for clout. Need boxes like I'm moving out. Ain't you read the news or out? Chillin' with the babies out, one, one series. of a cruising out. Oh, she says she's on the red. Okay, use your mouth. Oh. Sweet hey, lights, all bay. On my line, that's your bae. Oh, still in the field, oh, like boss day. Oh, you can I have course. it my way or your way. Packs in the doorway, packs in the hallway. You know the trappin' is my forte, girl.
4: Yes, 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 that was Sweet Like be by Joss Banco and produced by Maniac. I'm assuming I should go next. <laughs> uh, my track for this week. It was a tough one, I'm not going to lie. I, yeah, it was a tough one. But I've gone with Young's Teflon um, Survivor Stories because I'm a South Londoner. And yeah, this just gave me old school vibes. So this is Young teflon's survivor stories part two I have no idea who produced this but um, I love it anyway <laughs> that's
1: all Air Mats classics on the treadmill. My closest friends in the jail, where well, they dead still. I miss my brother S, he was dead real. Sometimes I wish they shot him in the head still. His men of honor die young and leave a legacy. But cowards die and fouls with ties with no melody. I drop my soul in the bottom, mother's the Tennessee. I've been a rascal, I'm tryna be the better me. Free Suits 38s in the doobies roll. They can't tell if it's a wedding or a funeral. Had the motor roller sending cards like Yu-Gi-Oh! I go on dates, same way I just for studio. My big cousin, all he did was stay flying rock. What? Take trips and get visits from the flying squad. You buy sticks, but pops told me I should ride with God. Huh? Hundred shot clips, you don't wanna try them up. I'm lucky Luciano in a silk That's suit. Matthew. Pearl 45, looking like a milk tube. What? Before the YouTube, I was on cam. Had a roadie on my arm with a suntan. I've got models on my ground giving poses. I tell them come around and split it like Moses. Only time my garden was community service. Trust. You still find me in the corner where the holes is. I'm living like a rock star but I post alone. Huh? And I don't rap more
4: white more than Post Alone, he, he keeps going, he keeps going, he keeps going, he keeps going. Yeah, yeah, he keeps going. That's one of my favourite um, tracks from his Blood EP. So, Steve, mm-hmm. it's on you. Alright,
3: calm. Um
4: you've had two heavy hitters, so don't 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 come light. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: can't, I can't. Um I've got I've got um I've got get, get JK uh with Mozambique. Um sorry, one sec, one sec, I'm just making sure that uh yeah, this is get JK and Moon Moonchown Sanley, I don't know how to pronounce yeah, her name. Yeah. But um yeah, with, with Mozambique. He tries to come heavy with that track, but um I'll i allow you. I'll allow you. But yeah, this is this is
0: Mozambique. <laughs> Yo, what's wrong with these nicks? Man can't tell me about these streets. Man never grew up near no damn beats. Man's got shooters from Mozambique. Shoot off nose and beak. So you lot roll in peace. But if you got something to say, do not hold him, please. They say death comes in twat, so I do not roll in freeze. Are you lot dying to piss? Cause you look like you're holding peace. Pull up, pull up, stolen jeep. Pull up, pull up, phone the police. Push up your boat and bleed. I heard they cook up the coke and leave. Man's going in there now i'm just up the road indeed i i swear i search everywhere like i'm looking for phone and keys knife in the whip, poke and breeze wish your girl never saw that <laughs> poor candies four man deep one felt froggy they saw man leak. run told on the young crow that week oh that week, oh that's weak hole in your brain you ain't got a thought that deep man, man think i'm missing a job what i caught that claim i don't know bro i don't know speak the streets bro only Dog
3: pay the real real make some real I can't lie. I can't lie, I think I, I think I got you on that one. I think I got you on that one. Did you hear that, <laughs> you hear that? Oh, you, I don't know if it was intentional. Sorry, it was produced by a rude kid. I don't know if it was intentional, but did you hear the um
4: I heard it, I heard it. I know what you're referring to. I, um, I see your face.
3: Top three selected.
4: I heard it. 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 Right. You cheated because gets is get. You know, gets is my top two.
3: Yeah, yeah. You went with um. You went with um. Young Seth um. Survivor story. <laughs> that's a, that's a heavy hero. That's a heavy hero. I heard
4: that. Um, I heard that. Um. But yeah, man. It's been it's been a good podcast. Um. Once again, uh, thank you to Maniac, uh, for hopping through. I know he's got a session now. So thank you for through (laughs) Uh, And answering our questions. You did that quick though. You came back right on time. (laughs) Uh, But now we appreciate your time. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your insight. Um, And yeah, it's been the Black Notes podcast.
3: Love.